dwell in the presence of the Lord at all times. Amen. Praise God. I'm doing something that I have not done before. I'm using my iPad tonight here in the pulpit. Praise God. Uh, you know how to turn this thing off so it won't go off on me during the uh, course of my Bible study? Yes. Please do that for me. I forgot to do that. Well, we've got a lot of we got a lot of teachers here tonight. I'm just the moderator. Mm-hmm. Who's all the teachers we got here? You. Mm-hmm. You. You're going to teach tonight. All right. And uh, I hope you can get out your thinking cap. Just kind of put on that thinking cap. And uh, just be able to think tonight. I want you alert. I want you awake. I want you thinking. Because I believe this class tonight is going to be, well, I know it's going to be different. And uh, and, uh, uh, I just hope that it is valuable for you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, Variety and my little vernacular is the, is the variety, is the spice of life. Yeah. My wife made a kind of a Brazilian pizza the other night and she said, this is not good. It's lacking something. So I was talking to our Brazilian secretary. I said, uh, you know, Sister Linda made a pizza that doesn't taste real good. What should we put in it? Oh, you got to put in some oregano and got to put in this, got to put in that. I said, send the recipe. She's unhappy with what she's done. So, you know, variety is a, is a spice of life. It makes things better for us when we have some variety. Yeah. And we're going to have some variety tonight. Now, you're still standing. I just want to make mention very quickly that I was just sitting here. Somebody probably wondered if I was doing Matthew on my fingers tonight. I was just counting how many months we've been here with you. This is concluding the 10th month that we have been here with you. My, how fast time has gone. And uh, we have learned to love all of you and appreciate you and your, 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 what should I say, your walk with God and your faithfulness to the Lord. Amen. This right here tonight is the core of the church. Amen. Amen. And we want this core to grow. Amen. We want more to be in the core of the church. The bigger the core, the more we can spread out. Until the core gets bigger, we can't grow. Amen? It's like a tree. Until a tree gets a good root system, it can't grow. It really can't grow. And so it's very important for us to grow. Now that brings me to the second point that I want to bring out tonight. And um, uh, Sister Shannon, please bring, where's the little one? Please bring her up here. I, I want to hold her here a minute while I'm giving the introduction to my Bible study, our Bible study tonight, all right? And uh, how we love this little adorable hunk of love and joy. Amen. Just stay here with me just one minute, okay? Not very long, just a minute. And you know, it's been your privilege since she was born to uh, watch her develop and grow up. And it's been our privilege for the last 10 months to watch her grow. And I was standing right there one night, time she took a, she just jumped off this platform and stayed upright. I was, wow, man, this is neat, you know. That's growth. That's growth. That's a developing of ability, amen. And what a joy it is to see a child grow up. Now, if a child doesn't grow, there's two things wrong. What would they be? Two things wrong if a child doesn't grow. What would it be? Lack of nutrition. Pardon me? Lack of nutrients. Lack of nutrients. In other words, mom and dad aren't giving her what she needs to eat, okay? Uh, but she is growing, so that's not the case. The second problem could be what? Lack of love. Well, yeah, but talking about stature, you know, physical growth. The other problem could be? Disability. Disability. She's sick, all right? And you know, the same thing is true. Put them on, okay? The same thing is true in a spiritual sense. We kind of like that, huh? Uh, The same thing is true in a spiritual sense. You know, when people do not grow spiritually, two things are wrong. All right? What was the first thing you mentioned, Sister Rain? Nutrients. Nutrients, all right? And when we talk about nutrients, 
that happens to fall in my category as a teacher and your pastor's category as your pastor. If you're not growing spiritually, then something is wrong maybe with the food that we're giving you. And we need to take a hard, close look at that and make sure that we are giving you everything that you need to grow. Amen. And now, you know, in in the spiritual sense, uh, in reality, you're the only one that can determine whether or not you're growing. Okay? You're the only one that can determine that. And I hope that as you look into your life, that uh, you can really say, uh, I'm growing spiritually. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Okay, what did I There it is. Thank you. All right. Uh, I'm going to let you be seated. I do want, how many of you have your Bibles with you tonight? Amen. Amen. All right. If you don't have your physical, hard-bound Bible, maybe you've got it on a cell phone. All right. But I do want you to open your Bible tonight. Uh, first of all, we're, Sister uh, Jean is going to put up on the board 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. All right? And it says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Uh, that is the wrong verse of Scripture. The wrong one. Try Second Peter on that. Would you please, Sister Gina, see if that's the right one? Yes. Oh my. You know, it's kind of like doctrine. You know, you got to get it right. If you don't get it right, it's not going to work. All right. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. All right. The key word here is grow. Grow in grace. And what else? Knowledge. 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 Stupid question, but I'm going to make it. How do you get knowledge? Education. Huh? Education. Education. All right. Education. Now, you know, one of the problems that we have as ministers, and as most of you know, I have been a minister for well over five decades. Uh, One of the challenges we have is to have access to God's people for enough time to really educate them in the Word of God. All right? Um, We get you for what? One, two hours, maybe three hours a week? That's max. That's all we get you. All right? So if you're going to really grow in God and have knowledge of Him, you're going to have to do a lot of home study, all right? And reading of the Word of God for yourself so that you can be able to grow and, what does it say, come to a knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are many thousands and tens of thousands of people who sit on church pews every Sunday that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. They know about Him. They may have had a touch in their life from Him, but they don't really know Him. And it is the desire of, uh, of your pastor, and it is my desire as well, that you come into a relationship with God to the place where you really know Him in an intimate sense. I don't know whether I've ever used this illustration here or not. I've used it so many places I forget where I've done it. But uh, way back in the early uh, 90s, uh, my wife came to the States alone from Brazil. And I worked there. And while she was doing some shopping, she ran across a very nice gray suit. She took a look at the label. Oh, my, that is a 44. That's my husband's size. And... The price was really discounted. It was a good price for a good piece of, uh, of clothing. And she said, that's mine. She bought it, took it back to our daughter's home and hung it in the closet. Now, the cuffs weren't made in the pants. But when I got back the next year, I tried the suit on. My, it just fit very well. Better then than now. I've had a little outgrowth problem. And... Uh, uh, 
Paul knows what I'm talking about. We just, we just have a little fun here tonight, all right? Okay. Uh, but uh, it fit to a T, took it back to the store, they put the cuffs in for it, for me, and I wore that for the first time to my youngest son's wedding, all right? How did she know to buy that suit, that side? Because she knows me. She can go to the store and buy any article of clothing that I need and most generally get the right size. Now, she did make a mistake last week. <laughs> Got me an extra large one. I don't wear an XL, okay? Say, really? Okay, now you can laugh at me, okay? Really, I don't wear an XL, okay? It's just an L, all right? And... <laughs> And so I had to take that back and exchange it. But normally she is right on target, all right? And uh, that is because of 58 years of marriage. We know each other. I hope that your relationship with God is such that you really know Him. Amen. 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 You know what God expects of you. You do what God expects of you. And it, uh, because of this, you develop a strong personal relationship with the Lord, all right? Amen. Now, it is my desire, and I know that it's the desire of your pastor, that you grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And uh, this passage of Scripture came to me this week as I was praying, and uh, just um, thought it would fit so well with what I uh, hope to do tonight during the course of this Bible study. Now, we're going to the book of Romans chapter 12. And... Uh, I have been reading and rereading and reading this in the King James Version and reading it in the New King James Version. And that reminds me, I've got to do a little switch here. This is not right. All right. Well, wouldn't you know, first, there it is, Let's see. there we go, yes, okay, New King James Version. I really like the New King James Version, it is, uh, it is true to the original text, it just eliminates some of the words that are archaic, some of the words that we just don't use in our modern English anymore, like thou and thee and all of those complicated those are the second person. You don't have the first person, the second person, and the third person. Well, basically in our language, the second person is dead, all right? And uh, so we don't use that anymore. And so the New King James has uh, basically eliminated all of those second person pronouns and does make the reading a little bit easier and has also used some uh, words that are more familiar to us in our English today. Romans chapter 12, how many of you have found it? Say amen. amen. If you have it, say wait a minute. All right. I'm serious. If you haven't found it, say wait a minute. I will wait on you, all right, because I want you to be with me, all right? Just a minute, I'm going to explain to you what we're going to do tonight. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you, may, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God has a perfect will for you, and you've got to find that. And you only find fulfillment in your Christian experience and your walk with God when you walk in the perfect will of God that you have found, all right? Uh, I wanted you to pay attention to the, uh, what is the second line here in my reading? Present your bodies. People say God's not interested in your body. He's only interested in your soul. Well, according to this, he's interested in your body, that your body also become a living sacrifice to God. Yes. Your body is to become the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Yes. Amen? That's why we don't corrupt it with 
alcoholic beverages. We don't corrupt it with uh, uh, sex outside of uh, legitimate marriage. We don't corrupt it with cigarettes and chewing tobacco and just a whole lot of other things because we want our body to remain in very good health so that it is a suitable place for the Lord Jesus Christ to live and abide. All right? Now, these first two verses that we have read tonight together are two verses that I have used and probably Brother Cameron has used many times as a a title, a, a subject matter for a message, all right? And sometimes we fail to go on down through chapter 12 of Romans, but that's what I want to do tonight, all right? All right, now how many of you are thinking tonight? Are you thinking? Have I got your attention? I hope I do, all right? Uh, And I'm not wanting to embarrass anybody. I'm going to do the same thing to everybody except for our visitors. I don't know you, so I'm going to just kind of leave you out of the mix tonight, all right, to make you feel comfortable. I'm glad you're here, all right? want to be kind to you, all right? But the rest of these people here are home folks, all right? (laughs) All right. Now, the first verse says, and Sister Gina has got all of these in the New King James for us. We're able to see them on the screen tonight. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dwelt, a dealt, that is, in each of you a measure of faith. All right. Now, the the problem that I see with the first two verses of this Romans 12 is that it says that we've got to renew our minds to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right. How are we going to renew our minds? You take your cell phone out. You renew the battery by plugging it into the outlet, yeah. right? All right, I did that before I left home tonight to make sure I had enough energy to get home in case I needed my phone, all right? And uh, you may you like to look at those little percentage numbers there. Oh, I only got 5%. I need to plug this thing in now. That's where he always is? Huh? Okay. And I made a call the other day, and uh, just I made a call, boom, my phone went out. I mean, it, the battery died. And then uh, I looked later, and the person I called had tried to call me back. Well, of course, it didn't work because my phone was dead. But we finally got connected, all right? And we've got to renew our mind. We've got to get plugged into God. Yes. We've got to get plugged into God's will. Yeah. And that is the only way that we can renew our minds. Through your eyes... The world is wanting to put things in your mind. Through your ears, the world is wanting to put things in your mind. And the different things are used. The, the, the reading material that, could, that is available out there, we can read, but it doesn't contribute anything to the renewal of our mind where we will be able to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Right. All right? Amen. And uh, so... We've got to be careful with what we look at, whether it's on your iPad, whether it's on your phone, whether it's on your computer screen, whether it's in some kind of a magazine or a book, you've got to be careful what you look at because what you look at is going to be filed away in your mind. Right. Uh, basically, you are unable to forget those things that you have put in your mind. And so we must be careful what we put in there yeah. because it will come back to haunt us right. at a later date. All right? right. All right. Now we have read verse 3, and I'm going to ask Sister Kathy to tell me what she got out of verse 3. We're just going to kind of go slower tonight, all right? Huh? You ready, Sister Kathy? I picked on her first because I know she's always in good humor, all right? <laughs> if she's not, then please don't tell me. To be humble. Huh? To be humble. All right, this says that we are to be humble. What else does it say? Huh? No, verse 3. 
All right? It says very, very pronounced there that no one ought to think himself more highly than he ought to think. That's the problem with many people today. They really think they are somebody. They're lifted up in pride and arrogance. You can't teach them a thing. They know it all. Okay? Boy, those people are difficult to deal with, aren't they? And they're difficult for God to deal with. If we're going to learn from God, if we're going to learn from God's Word, we're going to have to humble ourselves. The Bible tells us very clearly that we are to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Now, you know, we, we place ourselves, we can place ourselves, we need to place ourselves under the hand of God. All right? We humble ourselves and place ourselves under his hand. Ooh. <laughs> All right? But you know, that same stretched forth hand of God upon us can bless us or can push and squeeze us and crush us. All right? But if we voluntarily humble ourselves under his hand, then he will lift us up. Nebuchadnezzar is a perfect example of a king who refused to humble himself in God's presence. And well, he found himself out there in the pasture eating grass and dandelions and thistles. All right? If you don't humble yourself and God really loves you and wants you to be his child, he can humble you. He has the power to bring you down off your lofty self-glorifying uh, uh, pedestal and cause you to be humble in his presence. It is the humble ones that he lifts up. All right? All right. Okay, let's go to verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. All right? Sister Raina, what do you get out of that? tonsillitis, fever, and just so sick in my body. <clears throat> With the doctor, doctor, please take these things out. Well, by that time, they had discovered that you shouldn't take the tonsils out. Up to then, oh my, your tonsils got sick, boom, take them out. But they finally figured out that God put them in there for a reason, and they have a purpose 
even though it seems like they don't have a purpose, all right? Everything in our body has a purpose, and everything serves a different function, and we need every part of our body. Yes. All right? All right. Now, Paul is trying to teach us something here from this passage of Scripture, all right? That was verse number four. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Verse 5. Get ready, Paul. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. What do you get out of that, Paul? We are to support each other uh, as the body of Christ. Okay. What would your eyes see if you didn't have feet to take you there to see it? They wouldn't see very much, would they? Okay? Uh, how much pleasure would you get out of your food if you didn't have teeth to chew it with? Yeah. I'm missing a few in my mouth. <laughs> I lost three on one side and I went to the dentist to see about getting those taken care of. And before I went back the next time, I lost three on the other side. <laughs> and before I get that taken care of, my wife breaks, breaks her lower plate. And uh, so that means she only had three teeth left in her lower gum. So the most important was to take care of her. You know, get old, it has its problems, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I have had to learn how to kind of chew a little differently to get my food to a place where it is palatable, you know? Uh, I really understand the purpose of teeth. They are very valuable to me, all right? Now, what happens sometimes is as we in the body of Christ, as members of the church, we sometimes look at somebody and say, you sure don't have much value. And we have this, this, this spirit that we, 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 what should I say? We kind of judge others and think they don't have any value. Now, there are organs in your body that you do not see, and you will never see them, but they still have a great value to your overall health. And there are members in the body of Christ, people that are members of the body of Christ, that we may not give them much attention, and they may almost be invisible to us because they're not up front like I am and like your pastor is. And we may tend to just kind of say, well, you're not important. But that's not true. Every one of you is important. Yes. Would you please say to yourself, I'm important. I'm important to God. Say, I'm important to the church. All right? And so let's not be so quick to judge others and to uh, consider others as not being of any great value. Oh, my. It happened. I thought I had that had him turn that off, okay? So give me just one minute, all right? So let's go to the next verse. All right? Verse number 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. All right? So, Sister Shannon, what do you get out of that verse? What I get out of it is that it seems like to think that everyone has a different gift. Oh, isn't that interesting? Now, isn't that interesting? You know, some people really get uptight because they can't occupy the pulpit. Well, that isn't what God called you to do. All right? I came from a very humble background. My family was very poor. Uh, there was nothing to say that I would become a minister. There's nothing to say that I would go as a missionary to another country and that we would raise up a large, strong work with uh, literally dozens and dozens of ministers and have conference with two and 3,000 people present. You know, that, that was not anyways near what I thought that I could do. But God chose me, and God placed in me the talent, the ability that I needed, or as we can go to the scripture and say, the gifts that I needed to be able to do that work. Yes. All right? Now, that may not and probably is not your calling, 
But that doesn't mean that you don't have a vital, important role to play. Yeah. Right. My wife and I visited on several occasions a church in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It was a large church. It was a great church. It was, they had a beautiful building and, and a large congregation, very prosperous congregation. But that church began with, I don't know, four, five, six ladies that prayed. That all they did was pray. They, there was not a preacher among them. They prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they sought God until God answered their prayers and sent them a minister. And a church was begun and it grew to be one of the most powerful churches in the state of Louisiana. Amen? So, you know, your talent may not be the pulpit. Your talent may not be to be a singer. Your talent may not be to play a musical instrument, but you can pray. And my God, Amen. how we need people today who can really right. pray, who can really yes. lay hold on God yes. and take the needs of the world and the city that we live in before God so that we can see a move of God in these days. So, you know, again, we are pointing to the fact that we cannot any way at all uh, be... <coughs> Uh, uh, talk demeaningly of anyone who is a part of the body of Christ. All right? Amen. They have a place. Now, verse 7 actually goes right along with verse 6. Or ministry, let us, use to our, in our, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, who, who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so there are all these different functions uh, and probably many more that Paul could mention, uh, but for lack of space, he mentioned these things that he thought most important, all right? And we are to do all of these things, how? As unto the Lord. I don't stand behind this pulpit and walk among you and minister to you in a teaching ministry uh, to exalt myself but it is to be a blessing to you i consider myself as being a servant i am your servant i am here to serve you amen here to serve you uh, uh a plate of food all right serve you a plate of food there's a plate all right whether you eat or not that's your problem all right but i'm endeavoring to serve okay and so that you can be blessed so that you can grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. All right? I want you to know the Lord. I want you to really know Him in a very, very intimate way. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And so we go on to the next verse. All right? Now, <clears throat> the subtitle for this next portion is Behave Like a Christian. Behave like a Christian. You probably didn't get that in there, but that's uh, in, it's something that somebody has added, all right? It's not part of the sacred text. We are to behave like a Christian. Now, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about renewing our minds. Not your spirit, your mind. So that you can think right. Okay? So that you can think right. Okay, verse number nine. Uh, let's go there. I think it's just it's about time for my waterman to do it. Noah, all right? Read verse nine, boy, please. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. All right, what do you get out of that? Did you like story problems with your 
Fred Pony, you want to tell a little story you know about Clark Palmer's own with the Lamar? Oh, algebra, I didn't like it. Huh? I didn't like it. Oh, it was not algebra. That was. I like story Pony. It was a challenge that I tried to figure out what Palmer's own was going to do with the seven feet, and he took the mark, and he got so much for it. And, and all that, so you had to figure out whether you had to add or subtract or multiply or whatever. I love this kind of process, all right? And uh, it, it, it made me think, all right? Boy, it's so nice to be able to think. You know that? Isn't it nice to think? It's nice to think and figure things out. And, and so one of the things that the teacher was testing with story problems was to see what your reading comprehension was. Okay. Many people read, oh, I read three chapters in the Bible today. Well, what did it say? I don't know. <laughs> That's true a lot of times. Yeah. It's true. I'm sorry. If your corns are hurting, it's because I'm stomping on them, all right? And, uh, <laughs> don't get uptight at me, okay? Uh, I just want us to understand some things tonight that may help us in our Christian life, all right? If we read and we do not understand, it is of no value to us. Right. And that's why I'm doing this different kind of a Bible study tonight. Sorry, Noah. Where do you get all that verse? Basically to um, be kind to people and not go behind their backs. Yeah, we can get that up. Okay, we are to we are to Love without hypocrisy. What is hypocrisy? Judgment. Faking. Huh? Faking. Fake it. Oh, oh Nathan, stand up here. <laughs> oh, Nathan, I love you so much. You are such a great <laughs> You know what I heard about Nathan, Sister Judy? <laughs> We're laughing a little tonight, but are we learning anything? That's, that's hypocritical love. That's not the kind of love you find in 1 Corinthians 13. All right? That's not the kind of love that Jesus demonstrated to us. I don't know whether I love you or not. You know what I mean? That's hypocritical love. I can do that first because I know she... She really likes me and, uh, and she puts up with my joking around, all right? <laughs> but you know, these things are true, all right? What does a form what is evil mean? All right, we're going to get there, all right? All right, John, what does the word a form mean? Hate. Hate. Strong dislike. Huh? Strong dislike. Ah, you got it, man. Strong <laughs> dislike. Yeah, not dislike. I don't like. You know, this, this is this is strong. I don't like people, and that's how God judges us. Yeah. How you think about evil things, how you think about literature that is not appropriate. Can can I dig a little deeper? Just. I know that all the tomatoes that I gave Dad that I had all green, so they can't throw rotten tomatoes at me, all right? <laughs> My tomato plants are dying, so I gave her some green tomatoes to make salsa, all right? <laughs> oh, do you make salsa too? Fried green tomatoes. Oh, okay, okay, so think about the next turn now. <laughs> <laughs> all right? <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. This is how I like to teach. You know, we just have a lot of interaction, a lot of fun. You know, I guarantee you, you walk out of here, you're not going to forget the thing we talked about tonight. All right? Abhor. That is a very, very strong word. Abhor. And, and, and George has said it right. It is to strongly dislike. It is to hate. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that they're really a good synonym for abhor. It, it, it's such a powerful, strong word. Abhor that which is evil. All right? Now, we have been very, very critical of Lot because he moved to the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. All right? 
And uh, he should have not gone there. I, I'll probably agree with that part of it. But the Bible does say that he vexed his soul every day with the evil that went on in that place. Yeah. All right? So as you walk around this world, do you abhor what you see in the evil world around you? Does it vex your soul? It vexes mine. All of the immorality, all of the drinking, all of the smoking, all of the stuff that goes on. Sister Catherine, God has called us to a different life, to a different way of living. And from this standpoint, not that we are proud and arrogant of where we are in God, but it has put us in a place where we look at the world. It's in degradation. It's in a swine pit of sin and evil. All right? And we must abhor that. One of the problems with Israel was that after God had so powerfully removed them from Egypt and all of the idolatry which God hated, they began to long again, oh, I wish we could be back in Egypt and we had those good things to eat. And sometimes I see, I hear, Brother Cameron, people that have been saved out of the world that the way they talk and the way they testify, they're almost, almost glorifying the life that they once lived. We've got to abhor that life of drinking and carousing and, and, and everything that goes with it. And I don't know anything hard at all about that kind of life. But thank God, God saved me from that. But some of you have come out of that kind of a life. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. We've got to abhor that. All right? Abhor it. Now, when we get to the place whereby the power of God that works in us, we're able to abhor these things. We are going to be pleasing to God, okay? We're going, to, uh, we're going to purify our minds, and we're going to be acceptable to God, all right? All right. Uh, verse number 10, Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in our giving preference to one another. All right. Sister Didi, what do you get out of that verse? You see, I want you to be able to read with comprehension. I want you perhaps to slow down in your Bible. Am I talking all right, Brother Cameron? Yes, sir. So that you understand what you read. I would much rather you read three verses a day yeah. and understand what you read than read three chapters and not understand anything at all. Yeah. Amen. I hope you understand me. All right? Yeah. Mr. Deedee, I'm with you. Be kindly affectionate one to another. All right? All right. I, I just almost see John want to say something. No? Go ahead, Charlie. Come on. Okay, Sister D, wait on you. You see, this little exercise we're doing tonight is very important. Because if you read these scriptures and you do not understand what they say, they are of no value to you. Okay? You see, I've been here 10 months. I've been teaching for 10 months. At least once, sometimes twice a week. And I want to know if my teaching has accomplished anything in your life or not. If it hadn't, I guess I better take down my shingle as a teacher. Okay? What I get from God, what I receive from God and pass on to you ought to make a difference in your life as does your reading of God's Word. And I know that I've always been on that same key. Read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Because it's important to read your Bible. And the other 
Mother Mornings a few days back. I was reading in the book of Romans and read chapter 12, and wow, I mean, I had a brand new revelation out of Romans 12. I, I just, boy, I had to go back and read it the next day. I had to read it in my Amplified New Testament. I had to read it in my Portuguese Bible, which I am very fluent in, by the way, as you know. And, uh, you know, I had to get a real grip on this. And, and I found that wherever I read it, it said the same thing to me. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. All right? Tell the story about you know I get ready to tell the story. You're gonna start laughing beforehand. All right, we've got a story about these guys that uh, they they had to live in this big dormitory and then they all ate in the same mess hall, you know, kind of like the army deal, you know. And uh, the cook always prepared you how many people were out there, and so he always cooked a steak for each one. And so there was one steak per person. Well, when the platter with the plates got down to the end of the table, there were two men left, and there were only two steaks. Well, the next to the last guy took the biggest steak. All right? The guy said, didn't your mother give you a teach you any manners? What are you talking about? Well, you should have taken the smaller one. Well, if it had been you, what would you have done? He said, I'd take the smaller one. Well, the big one's for me anyway. Don't care how you look at But you prefer your brother, all right, to the larger steak, to the last portion of that delicious fruit salad. Right? I'm talking very practical tonight, but I hope you understand what I mean. Preferring one another, preferring one another. You know, not getting upset because somebody gets to do something in church that you don't get to do. Okay? All right? Preferring one another. And affectionate one another. Affectionate. Affectionate. All right? Okay? Affectionate. It's so very important that we, that we demonstrate what Christ came to show to us. And so we become affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor print, uh, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, Serving the Lord. Diligence. All right? I'll tell you what, Paul, one way for you to get fired in a hurry is to not be diligent in your work. All right? Oh, it's all right like that. You know, yeah. big deal, you know. Right? Well, yeah, you know, I, you know, I got a little problem with the numbers here on this, on this spreadsheet, but, you know, no big deal. It is a big deal. <laughs> if you don't make a big deal, you're going to be out the door. All right? And, uh, Sister Kathy, by the way, I we uh, had a little thing happen when we went to uh, uh, Sutton. Okay? I had some kind of procedure. And the person that did the kind of work that you do put in the wrong numbers. And it didn't get paid. And we get this bill. Oh, that's what Joe. What? All right. They didn't do their work with diligence. Do you understand what I mean? One wrong number, one wrong digit, and it's it's all messed up. Totally. All right. And we're gonna get that straightened out later. There's no easy task. No easy task. And so, in our Christian life. We've got to use the same kind of diligence. All right? You know, we looked up our first scripture reference there. Oh, first Peter, second Peter, what's the big difference? The big difference is you're not in the right book. It's not going to say what you intend for it to say, all right? So that one, that number makes a lot of difference. That's if the captain knows that. All right? One slip of your finger on that keyboard, the wrong number goes in, you got a problem. Okay? And sometimes people just want to say, well, you know, oh, Brother Paul, you know, Christians at all. Not true. 
There are ten commandments, not ten suggestions. Okay? Thou shalt not. That's strong. Okay? What a different world we would have today if everybody lived by the Ten Commandments. That they don't want carved in a granite stone in the front of a courthouse. But that's really what justice is all about. It's living by this code of morality and ethics. And if we're going to be true Christians, as we ought to be, we're going to have to live by these praise precepts. And if your mind is not accustomed to that, then I got a suggestion for you, a very strong suggestion. Get your mind straightened out. All right? Or as the scripture says, let me read it, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of our mind will transform us. The renewing of our mind will uh, dictate to us how we react to things, will dictate what we do, will dictate to us how we love, all right? And all of that, all right? Not like rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. All right? Brother Nathan, what do you get out of that? Um, Rejoicing in hope, being patient when we're going through trials, and continuing to pray daily. Be patient in trials. Wow. That doesn't fit most of us, does it? Huh? Quit complaining, Danny. <laughs> He's my good friend, so I can kind of pick on him a little bit, all right? All right? Okay? Patient in tribulation. And so when I read this, when I read this, my mind goes back to all of my studies and all of my reading about what was going on in the church in that first century. Paul, they were being put to death. Paul, they were being eaten alive by lions. They were being whipped. They were being crucified. They were being cast into prison. I mean to tell you, they had some real, honest-to-goodness, hard-line persecution. And so Paul writes and said, be patient in tribulation. Well, I tell you what, I've got to take a look at myself and, 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 and think about the little things that I've got to go through. Yeah. I've not been nailed to a cross. Yeah. I, I, I've not been whipped. I've not been cast into prison for my faith. You know, maybe that'll come. I don't know. I hope it doesn't. But, you know, if it does, I've got to be patient in tribulation. That is what the scripture orders me to do. All right? All right. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. All right? I'm going to be very bold. You want to throw something at me, do it. (laughs) You pray at home today? I hope you did. It's important. Steadfastly. I have to talk to my dictionary. Josh back there again. What's steadfast in Josh? <laughs> Consistently. Consistently. Thank you. That's very good. Very good. Consistently. All right? Consistently. All right? It's not a hit and miss deal. It, it, it's consistent. Your prayer life is consistent. All right? And, and it's just so very important that we be consistent in our Christian life and our Christian walk, all right? And this is all has to do with getting our minds straightened out, getting our minds transformed to the place where they are agreeable with God. Okay. Boy, now this next one is really tough. All right? What do you get out of it, Sister Gina? Yeah. 14. Oh, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. All right, I'm sorry. Kind of jumped over that one. All right. That's pretty clear. We don't have to do much commenting there, right? No. Okay. Okay, let's go to 14. Go ahead. Be a nice to your enemies. 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 Be a n
Tough call, isn't it? But if the Spirit of Christ is in us, we will be like Christ and we will be able to say with Christ, Father, forgive them. I had an enemy. I don't know why he didn't like me, but he did. He really didn't like me. And he did a lot of things to hurt me. He really did. So one New Year's Eve, we're walking into a room to have our usual foot washing with the men, and the women were in another room, and we're having foot washing. That was my custom. As Jesus washed the disciples' feet, we always did that on New Year's Eve. And... um, Uh, As I walked into that room, the Lord spoke to me. The Lord spoke to me. No, there was no audible voice, but I knew it was God. He's talked to me enough that I know when it's God. And he said, if that man were here tonight, would you wash his feet? I said, absolutely, Lord, absolutely. I would do it. And I meant it. I would have done it. Okay? Short time later, we went to another city in a meeting, and he was there. And he had injured his ankle, and he was there with his ankle all bandaged up. I know I walked on the platform, knelt down, and took his ankle in my hands, and I prayed for him that God would heal him of the injury that he had suffered in his leg and ankle. All right? That's how we need to be. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm not saying that, all right? But that is what I did, at least on that occasion, and I hope that I can continue to do that. And, hey, I'm going to have to wrap up here without getting through tonight. What's new? All right? Bless and not what? No. Bless those who persecute you. Yeah, what else? Wow. Pretty easy to do. You know, your mind starts going blank, blank, so and so. Yeah. Because they did you wrong. You don't like them. But Jesus taught us over in the Beatitudes, the first, uh, those uh, chapter 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew. Taught us that we are to pray for our enemies and to love our enemies. To not curse them and to uh, not treat them ill. All right? Wow. I knew this would happen. So we're going to wrap this up. Time to do that. All right? Let's stand together. I hope that somehow this little different Bible lesson tonight has been a blessing to you and I hope it will cause you in the course of your Bible reading to to pause and to reflect on on the verse that you have just read and to look at the words and if you don't know them Brother Josh back there a walking dictionary he did a good job and I'm whore alright if you don't know what the word means then then, then, then look it up in the dictionary. If you don't have one, get one. All right? It helps a whole lot in understanding the Word of God. And uh, I have a lot of dictionaries, and I use them. Every day I use them. I really do. I want to understand what I'm reading. All right? Praise God. Praise God. How many of you tonight love the Lord? Amen. We love the Lord. All right? So let's. Put these things into practice. And you can go ahead and read the rest of this chapter. All right? And uh, consider it carefully. And uh, and uh, learn from the rest of the things that are here. Let me read it very quickly. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those that rejoice. And weep with those that weep. Somebody sad will put your arm around them and weep with them. 
Let them know that you care, all right? Be of the same mind toward one another. In other words, don't treat her different than you treat him, all right? Treat everybody the same. Love you all. You all are valuable to me. I love all of you with the same ardent love, all right? Do not set your mind on high things. Now that's kind of a little bit difficult to understand, all right? But I have known people that they want the top position wherever they are, and that even includes in the church. And they're going to claw and scrape and backbite and stomp on others until they get where they want to get. All right? But the Bible says that we're not to set our mind on high things, on high position, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Don't think you're the one that knows it all. All right? Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. When it says give place to wrath, that means give place to God's wrath. God's the one who will settle your case if you'll just keep your mouth shut. All right? Don't take it on yourself to set everything straight. Let God take care of it. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, thus saith the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he thirsty, give him to drink. For in so doing, you're going to heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Good is a more powerful force than evil. Okay? Thank you for your patience with me tonight. And I hope that you've learned something tonight from God's Word. Not from me, from God's Word. I hope that it has become clear to you what God wants to say to those that need to renew their minds. Loving God, I thank you tonight for the anointing of thy Holy Spirit that I have felt in this service tonight. Not upon me, but upon your Word, Lord. And may your Word just become a very vital, living part of everyone that has heard your Word tonight and that has participated with me in this study. Lord Jesus, bless everyone and help us in our personal Bible readings in our homes or wherever it is we do it, Lord. May we, Lord Jesus, understand your word and hide it away in our hearts so that we do not sin against you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. All right, if you'll come tonight with tithes or offerings, please bring it forward and place it in the proper receptacle here. God loves the cheerful giver. <clears throat> God loves it, Brother Danny, when we give our tithes with a smile on our face. When we don't give it begrudgingly, we give it with a smile. We give it because we want to. We consider it a privilege to be able to contribute to the work of God. I had a little discussion about tithes and offerings uh, online this week, and I said, you know, what do these people think? How do these people think that God's church is going to be have its needs supplied? How are the lights going to be paid for and the water and, and the rent and all of the other expenses that are involved with maintaining the house of God if they don't contribute their fair share. I know people that have not been tithe payers for decades. They have not. And yet they continue with a lack of, total lack of shame come into the house of God and sit there and enjoy all the things that everybody else has provided for them. There will come a day of reckoning. <clears throat> there will come a day of reckoning. So if you have brought your tithes and offerings tonight, bring those to the house of the Lord for the maintenance of this house and the work of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Do you love God? Amen. I hope you still love me. I've been kind of tough on you tonight, but uh, sometimes that's necessary, huh? I love you. I love you. God bless you. Look, Camarillo. Okay, you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Let's give a royal welcome to our visitors tonight.
and hope that they don't remain as visitors. No, I don't want them to go away. I want them to become a part of this core group. Amen. Don't forget 2 Peter 3.18, okay? Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus.